Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Phanthropological, the podcast that covers the breadth of human fandom. My name is Nick G, and today we're going to be talking about Boku no Hero Academia, or as it's known in English, My Hero Academia. We're going to go, go beyond Plus Ultra. No pun today. I love it too much. But here with me to do that are my two best friends, Nick T. Always have an intro prepared. Never ad libit. Only villains do that. And Nick Z. Hi, everybody. My quirk is forgetting all the spoilers that I accidentally read doing the research. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm so sorry, Z. Pretty minor. And one of them might have already come up in the uh, latest episode that I was watching, so... There's so, there's so many shifting uh, plates to keep track of. There's yeah. the anime uh, in English and Japanese, which is like a week apart, maybe. And then there's the manga has been in English. And then there's the manga in Japanese, which is about a year apart. <sighs> this is a lot of different varying wow. levels of knowledge to keep track of. I, however, did not get spoiled doing the research for this. <clears throat> <laughs> As I found out doing a bit of the research... According to the subreddit, people treat anything that isn't in the anime as a spoiler. Have I got that right? I mean, that's probably good practice. They're like the furthest back. Um, they're, they've seen the least of the story, I suppose. Yeah. So I guess I guess I make I guess that's the kindest way to do spoilers about it. Yeah, yeah, the fairest mm. way, I guess. Speaking of the story, let's give a little bit of background on the story in case you're watching this and don't know what the heck we're talking about. My Hero Academia, or BNHA, because I'm way too lazy to say that out every time, (laughs) follows Izuku Midoriya, a boy born without superpowers, which are called quirks, in a world where they have become commonplace, but who still dreams of becoming a hero himself. He is scouted by the world's greatest hero, who shares his quirk with Izuku, after recognizing his potential, and later enrolls him in a high school for heroes in training. Fun fact, that high school is called UA, we don't know why. (laughs) <laughs> i mean that at least explains one small thing to me because i was reading and they spelled it the japanese way like why you oh you, like you uh, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah like the f- yeah. phonetically with like it was it was written in romaji but it was like phonetically and i was like but it's literally a u and an a isn't yeah. it also to get us started i have a couple fandom facts some of which you may not be surprised by and some of which you might be surprised by According to Fandom Metrics, BNHA was the number one anime and manga fandom for 2018. It is also the number five fandom overall for 2018. Oh. So that that probably has a lot to say about English-speaking fandom. I don't really know comparatively for Japanese-speaking fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have some data from Google Trends. Unsurprisingly, the show is on the rise and it's the most popular it's ever been it's still coming out yeah so it's, it's ongoing not until october but still plenty of time to catch up <laughs> oh yeah uh while it is very popular it has not yet surpassed naruto uh which was so big that i removed it from the graph you can see it wow. in the show notes wow uh it hasn't quite surpassed one piece but one piece is on the decline and bnha is not and it is beginning to overcome series like Bleach and Fairy Tail. Okay, so it's starting to 
starting to get into the heavy hitters. I thought I saw on the subreddit not that long ago, maybe a couple of months ago, that that the subreddit BNHA surpassed the uh, DBZ subreddit. But I would have liked to look into that. I did get some information on the mm-hmm. subreddit. Within the first three months of its existence, it went from 300 somethings, 300,000 somethings place uh, to somewhere in the 15,000s and is now in 1400th place. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's grown quite a bit. I think it has over 300,000 subscribers. Considering it has to compete with like daily news and pictures <laughs> of naked people, I say it's doing <laughs> pretty well. Lastly, I have a couple different fan surveys that were conducted. One of them had demographic information, which is the only source of data I have on what the fans are like. And the other one was more about the show. Uh, I've cribbed some interesting facts from both of those, uh, starting with what people like about the show. The best aspect of BNHA from a survey with over 400 responses, the characters at over 50% and the concept 28%. Of those folks, 11% generally dislike Shonen. The remainder either don't care or like Interesting. Shonen. So if you're, a, if you're not a fan of Shonen, apparently you can still like the show. It is the exception the to the rule, maybe. <laughs> uh, 47% have read the manga in its entirety. And only 7% dropped the show completely. 5.8% strongly disliked the show or hated it. So shouldn't be too surprising that people that answered the survey on the subreddit liked the show. But it's not universal. That's like like 88% of people did not drop it. (laughs) Yeah, a lot. Uh, talking about the demographics, it is predominantly male, which we've seen with a lot of um, like a lot of anything on Reddit. Seventy-six point four percent with some female representation. Twenty point six percent. It is overwhelmingly young. If the two of you gentlemen did not feel old, let me put you <laughs> oh, in your places. Goodness. Okay. Eighty eighty-five percent or more who responded, and this was from a different survey of over a thousand responses, are under the age of twenty-four. Well, I'm young at heart. <laughs> uh, this was predominantly from two very large groups, age, folks aged 20 to 24, which was about 42%, and folks 17 to 19, that's just two years or three years, depending on how you count it, uh, 33%. That's like <laughs> most of them. It it, it seems, seems like a weird thing to say, but of course, like if I was... 18s, early 20s, this would be my jam. I know because it's my jam now, but I'd have a lot more time to concentrate on it being my jam if I was in my early 20s. So, yeah, totally. Well, and uh, as as is your jam, obviously, your favorite character is Izuku Midoriya. I mean, it's not. I, I know it's not your favorite character. But 39.2%, the largest group, the plurality of people, said it's their favorite character. Mm. Unsurprisingly, Bakugo, 21.5% in second mm-hmm. place. And Toshinori Yagi, who I did not know, is uh, nope. All Might, 18%. Snoozers. <laughs> <laughs> I like we can talk about oh, this some more, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up one last mm-hmm. little thing. And this might fly in the face of of something that you love, oh, no. G. I'm- or rather 
might fly in the face of your theory of why people love My Hero Act. People were asked, you know, if you had to pick a criticism of the show, what would you say is the biggest criticism? The number one result uh, with 46-ish percent was too many characters. Mm. Huh. And this one I had to interpolate because it was cut off and it was a picture, so I couldn't figure it out. Uh, it was 33.6% and it's some characters have limited development. Yeah. So not quite the ensemble cast that, that is purported. Well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> It has an ensemble cast, but is not truly an ensemble show. Because I'd say it's like 50% Deku, 50% the rest. (laughs) Cut Deku out, then you have time for everybody. Also, I think there should be more characters. Man, oh man. (laughs) Okay. Strong words. Uh, If you have any opposition, you can send those to uh, G at the next cast. Number one criticism, too much Deku. (laughs) (laughs) Even more characters. Oh man. And... And that's all I got for Phantom Facts this week. Cool. Yeah, this should be this should be the Chrono Cross of anime. <laughs> Just keep throwing characters in. <laughs> okay. I didn't know very much about My Hero Academia, and I still don't to to some extent. I had heard about it. It was pretty popular. I knew it as a popular kind of thing, like a fairy tale or Bleach or Naruto or Dragon Ball Z. It was a shonen show. And I was like, okay, this, this seems kind of okay. It's like X-Men or something. Uh, and then, gee, you heavily recommended it, and I got through the first season, and I did enjoy mm. it. I haven't gone back to it. And even though there's still heavy shonen overtones to me, it is a shonen show, I did get a better appreciation of it, and I do like the vibe. And even though it's 50% Deku, it wasn't all focused on the protagonist. And uh, yeah, so I, I don't have a very deep understanding of, of BNHA yet. That's my first impression of it. So it was, um, I was visiting my friend, Laura, who's like, who I know, I think is almost caught up on one piece. I have. That's yeah. A lot. Um, anyway, she likes, she likes a bunch of anime. So I was like, what's like, what's, what's good. Like, I'm like, I'm kind of getting back into anime. Like, do you have anything that, that maybe I should watch? That's good. She's like, Oh, there's my hero academia. And at the time, I think it had just been the first season had come out the first 13 episode season. So I was like, all right. And then I watched them like, oh man, this is pretty good. I think I, I think I downed it in a couple of days. And then I was like, this is pretty good. And then started watching the second season and it came out and said, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> um, to the point where I've, I've seen every episode sometimes twice. I went to see the movie in theaters on my honeymoon. I forgot. I love this show. Um, I'm not like, I don't love every Shonen show, but I don't, I don't have any problem with the Shonen format. Like you can call those, you can call the broad story beats like a mile away, but it's like, it's, it's the characters. It's actually, it's it actually being funny. Um, And, and the ensemble cast, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. But uh, but I love the show. Z. Yeah. Well, that that love of the show. Um, at first, I kind of wrote it off because when I first came across My Hero Academia, it was through G's recommendation of the show. Uh, and at first, 
kind of wrote it off. It's just, you know, another fairy tale, another Naruto, another big old shonen show with a bunch of characters in it. And those quirks might as well just be the same kind of magic powers they have in fairy tale. Whatever. That's not that different. Not really. Not really. (laughs) I mean, goes from fantasy to somewhat modern real world-ish kind of thing. So there's that difference. It's kind of a big difference. But uh, I wrote it off until I finally sat down and watched it. And even then, you know, the first episode, whatever, okay, Shonen, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Second episode, same kind of thing. And something in maybe the third episode, maybe the second episode, maybe it was just the, the zany still, I'm not sure why they're there, references to Star Wars and the place names. <laughs> or like some some speech of All Might's, or maybe it was some speech of, of Deku's relating to his rushing in to save Bakugo, even though he doesn't have a quirk yet. But like something about the show like really got across the heart of it to me, and that hooked me in. And ever since then, mm. been slowly making my way through. Not quite caught up yet, but but getting there. They're getting their their provisional hero licenses right now. Oh man, that's such a getter. <laughs> <clears throat> it goes. It goes. School thing. Villain. School thing. Villain. School thing. Villain. And I like the school things better. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the superhero craze making it to to Japan and into an anime, and then back over here to North America. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I was like, is, 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 is some of the knock on effect just like how much everyone, everyone is just crazy about superheroes right now? Is everyone crazy about superheroes right now or just specifically Marvel and things that are like Marvel? Like broadly, I would say that I have a larger interest in comics at large, not necessarily Marvel and DC as a result of this big boom of superheroes, but it could just be that that's the way pop culture is, is moving towards today. But one thing that I found, because you mentioned, you know, it's like, is it this big boom of superheroes? And I found this interesting article from Crunchyroll, and it was talking about how, yeah, we're accustomed to superheroes, but the way that BNHA does superheroes makes it different. We're accustomed to seeing superheroes being these people that are Mm -hmm. exceptional, like only a few people are superheroes. There are only a few people like Superman or Spider-Man, or Captain America, or Wonder Woman. But in BNHA, it's like, pff, you walk, you like trip ah. over a superhero on your way out the door. It's like, I can levitate stuff. It's like, cool. I can fold hmm. paper cranes. That's not a quirk. Yeah, and, and it's like, it's, because it's, it's, it's completely um, flipped on its head, because the Marvel movies, etc., take place in a world that doesn't know how to gauge the idea of having people with superhero powers in it, mm-hmm. even after 19 movies. Um, <laughs> but like, there's a, there's a, a beautiful, like mundanity to not, not heroes, but more the quirks, the abilities, because it's, it's supposedly about 80% of the population that has quirks. So that, that first of all, creates, creates interest in every new character. 
Because mm-hmm. it's unlikely. First of all, 80% is a pretty good chance that they're going to have a quirk. Also, plot-wise, depending on how they're introduced, they're probably going to have a quirk. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's like a big reveal that they don't have one. But like but like the, the mundanity of it, like uh, Izuku's mom's like, I can make small objects float towards me, but that's it. Like everyone's got like these little, <laughs> these little <laughs> tiny powers. And you can be like... Like if everyone's a quirk, if everyone has a quirk, why isn't everyone a superhero? It's like that's why they're not. The quirks are not all equal, mm-hmm. you know. Not everybody has a, has equivalent powers or or powers that they could um, turn into stopping bad guys, etc. It's interesting to see how people use quirks that you don't think would be uh, useful mm-hmm. to become heroes because that's what they want to be. But um, I think that's part of the charm is just the sheer number of of powers and quirks in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's, I think it's just really interesting how the, not just the powers are mundane, but how they're just so common sort of basically to T's point, because that's not something you really see a lot of. And I think it, it kind of cranks up to some extent, something that I found in an article uh, in the Atlantic all the way back in 2006. By, predating. Yeah. My Hero Academia. Predating a lot of stuff superhero-wise. I think I think Spider-Man was probably like the biggest movie at that time. Maybe maybe Iron Man 1 was on the horizon, if not, you know, releasing that year. Um, <clears throat> but it's this article by Virginia Postrel. And one of her big points in it is that part of the appeal of superheroes is that they they generate glamour not necessarily in the sense of you know like fantastic hair wild makeup that sort of thing not not glam glamour but glamour perhaps more in in the fantasy magical kind of sense um and she defines that glamour as an imagine an imaginative process that creates a specific emotional response and also that as something that is a sharp mixture of projection, longing, admiration, and aspiration. So basically, she's using this, this glamour term to refer to something that evokes hopes and dreams, while also making them seem attainable. Oh, so it's almost like the Hollywood-style yes. glamour, yes, like in, in that definitely. sense of the word. Because it's like, you too could be a movie star, <laughs> except that you couldn't actually. But you could. Just think about yourself being yeah, there. Yeah, totally. Totally. I, I see that as being kind of those like, those those fist pump moments when you're watching a movie. Yeah. And it gets, you know, it gets the balance just right. And you just, you see something cool. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you just, you just kind of like, your brain gets right into it for just a second. And you like, get a little shot of like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah. <clears throat> and as she writes about this this idea as it relates to superheroes, um, she comes across this point where because glamour is this thing that really needs to be felt in earnest and expressed in earnest, irony destroys glamour. Uh, it can be kind of exhausting if what you're putting forward is just nothing but glamorous. It can seem unattainable and unrelatable 
So the antidote that superhero movies in particular offer to keep their glamour going, to balance things out, is showing the humans, the, the, uh, the humanity in the, the heroes involved, sort of their, their sacrifices, their struggles to master their own powers and that kind of thing. And with my hero, words, with my hero academia, it feels kind of like because it's so mundane, 80% of the world's population has these quirks, these powers. It's on the one hand, something really, really cool. You can use it, that power to become a hero, to become a symbol of peace, perhaps. So you, there's still like that work. There's still that sacrifice involved, but it's like you are, I don't know. You're really good at basketball. A lot of people are really good at basketball. So it, it makes it, it makes it more relatable. It makes it seem even more attainable, at least like within the world of the story. Right. Well, it's, it's like this. I don't know if anime is unique in this sense, but there, there is a lot mm-hmm. of earnestness and in the sense of there being a lot of mundane things going on in the show, that's relatable. It's somewhere between a slice yeah. of life show. Cause it's like, well, obviously you got to go to school like, and in a very Japanese way too. Cause it's like, you need to go to school. You need to maybe go to cram <laughs> school. You need to pass your exams to get into the good school. Then you need to get whatever accreditation you need so that you can get a really good job. And you're like, as a human, that, that, that is like my, life in a sad way Mm -hmm. but then these are superheroes (laughs) except some of them just want want to make a lot of money to help out their family and some of them want to yeah so girls will like that there's something (laughs) yep there's something great about like like that 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 you know american ideal put through a japanese lens of like superheroes don't get to like exist outside society they still got to do their exams they still got to study they still got to get into the right school they still have to tick all the boxes before they can be superheroes yeah and that's interesting too because i hadn't put the pieces together until you you mentioned that but it's like western comics are like yeah you're you're an exception i'm like okay i hadn't pieced that together either but as a result you have vigilantes Mm -hmm. and in my hero academia because everything is like well this is part of the way things are because it's so mundane you don't you don't have that like you you don't have people doing vigilantes stuff because they're like well i gotta get my license or else the super police are gonna like come breaking down my door put me in like a black hole jail or something i do i I do have to i do have to push my glasses up my nose and well actually because there's a spinoff called my hero academia vigilantes yeah i (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I, sorry it's not it's not that there's no vigilantes yeah. it's it's that like like in marvel yeah the heroes of the the different series are abstens- ostensibly vigilantes mm-hmm. like there's a whole storyline around the mutant registration that's like civil yeah, war that's, isn't it? that's civil war that was like the two sides of civil war in J- in japan in my academia it wasn't uh a an issue it's just like, or if it was, we don't see that part. We just see, we have society set up around people with quirks and people who wanted to be heroes. Yeah. If if you have fanfic about BNHA ah. Civil War, and I don't just mean doing Marvel <laughs> Civil War, but like with BNHA characters, uh, you can send that to at the next cast pretty much anywhere. If you have kind of any 
fanfic with me on HA characters, you can send it to you at thenextcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> you might be interested, G. I did find one fanfic in particular um, speaking mm-hmm. about the whole, not to necessarily dive into it, but speaking about the whole American ideas through a Japanese lens. Somebody, uh, I guess, dissatisfied that BNHA, My Hero Academia, is all about Japan, wanted to, to say, okay, what about uh, this world in America? So there's this fanfic, I don't know how long it is, that is sort of basically the same basic story, uh, but in America. With female protagonists going through hero school, sort of meeting a bunch of people with different quirks. Uh, if you watch the uh, MHA movie, the beginning, the opening scene of that, the opening 10 minutes is, yeah. is All Might in His Younger Days in America. Ooh. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's the same thing as, like, like what about wizards in Harry Potter but in America? Yeah. And you have Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because so, it's definitely, like, this apply like, everything we're talking about applies to the world, but we're mm-hmm. focused on Japan. Yeah, I wanted to make a callback to last week's episode, and it's like, maybe there's a connection, because we talked about how Western comics kind of like, sorry, we talked about how Stan Lee saw these Sentai shows and was like, I'm going to bring these to America, and in exchange, he brought some of it to Japan, some of the comics to Japan, and how we got this idea of Super Sentai, but I couldn't find a connection from Super Sentai to anime, and then consequently to BNHA. Yeah. Well, with with Super Sentai... I mean, part of what carried over from specifically stuff like the the Spider-Man Japanese TV show was the giant robot, right? That sort of carried over into Super Sentai, and then yeah. Are you going to tell me there's a giant no, robot in BNHA? But but as far as anime oh, connections that's good. go, that's good. I mean, you do have mecha anime. The people who made Gundam were maybe like, "That's so cool! I want to draw a bunch of giant robots." I mean, speculation, but that yeah, I mean. Gundam is like I don't know late sixties early seventies no. doesn't it doesn't line up. Uh-huh. So I so desperately wanted to close the loop though. I mean I mean if you want to if you want to close the loop we can kind of do it. Um, <laughs> Kohei Kohei, Hoshi, Kohei Horikoshi's favorite hero is Spider Man, and yeah. oh and the the lead character of Vigilantes is basically Spider Man. Which one? His, his name is the Crawler. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay. He can be all of the <laughs> spiders, <Exactly. laughs> even the one that is made of spiders. Ooh. <laughs> oh, in Japan, it's called illegals. <laughs> you boy. That's. <laughs> oh, it's called vigilante. Boku no Hero Academia illegals. <laughs> Makes me a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably good good change uh, bringing it over here. To, yeah. It's just vigilant. Yeah. Nice, nice uh, localization choice. <laughs> All right. So one of the things that you'd mentioned, mm-hmm. G, taking a, a different tangent, is you were talking about one of the things that you love about the show is that it's this ensemble cast and it never seems to stop growing. And I found this interesting because looking at the fans, people are like, yeah, yeah, I love all these different characters, but also Deku and Bakugo <laughs> are my favorite characters. And also, yeah, yeah, I love lots of characters, 
but also if I had to pick something that was not great about the show, <laughs> it's that there's too many characters. <laughs> not something I'd pick. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so I just find it interesting that that's the part that sticks out to you and that for so many, maybe it's because they, we've, they've had a, a figurative gun at their head to say, pick something that you don't like about yep. this. Well, oh, first of all, I would like... Like on one hand, if it, if the show is like more tightly focused on Deku, like I don't know, I don't know how much I'd be sticking around depending depending on who else is left. But um, on the other hand, like like I rag a lot on Deku because he's like he obviously gets the lion's share of the focus because he's the protagonist and he you know he has his ways that that can grate. But he is like quite different to most shonen protagonists that he is an introvert, mm-hmm. which. Most of the other ones that I've seen are in the Goku mold. <laughs> yeah. But they're just loud and oblivious and need a lot of... Apparently Goku was a big influence on All Might. And like the creation of All Might. So... Yeah. I can see that. I'm guessing Superman as well. Probably. <laughs> um, but like one... like Personally, one thing that I like about an ensemble cast, Lost is another one of my favorite shows. Um, is that... Like, especially in terms of fandom, it's it's the more people there are, the more fun it is to, like, pick your favorite out of the ensemble and see which ones other other people like and see who also likes the characters that you like <laughs> and who doesn't like the characters you don't like. Like, it like it just gives you more more sort of options of mm-hmm. of identifying yourself within the fandom. And I like that a lot. Yeah. Right. It's it's like which which subtle nods do do mm-hmm. we both share? Exactly. It's like how do how do I form this in group? Yeah, this in group within a group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like BNHA, you know, those fans are great. But anybody who likes Bakugo, it's like, please, I'm done with them. Mm. I used to th- I used to think that. I used to think that. Oh man. <laughs> but I digress. You used to used to be a villain? Only villains do that. By the way, only only <laughs> only villains play their music on the bus without having headphones in. <laughs> um was I going? And but like the other part of the ensemble cat, like we, like like in the anime, in the last two, two episodes of the anime before before it went off for the for the season, there were like five or six new characters introduced, and the world, and it like <laughs> it seems like the world just never stops getting bigger, but it still feels lived in. Like we don't we don't rotate characters that much. We're not dropping a lot of characters. We're just adding more. Mm-hmm. So, and then. What becomes interesting is that you start getting these different combinations of characters in different scenes. Like there's a huge arc um, when we come back to the show and where I'm in the manga right now, like Bakugo's not there at all for like probably 10 to 12 episodes, I'm guessing. Wow. But like we, but we wow. have like a couple of characters that haven't gotten as much spotlight getting more. Hmm. So like the fact that they're doing that, that they're not just like, these are our mains these are our side characters. We're kind of like, like bringing some characters up and fleshing them out. It's just like kind of taken a while. And I really appreciate uh, that sort of character development that can happen with an ensemble cast. People can move forward or shrink back, but they're all, they're kind of there and their, their plots are all kind of going simultaneously. I think that that is definitely a, a big part of the appeal broadly, even if people perhaps under some DRS did say that uh, they did not like the ensemble element of the show. Um, just actually exactly for those reasons that she cited, you know, it lets you identify with people really quickly, but mostly 
mostly I think it does have to do with that uh, sort of ever-shifting interaction and how so many different relationships can come up because of that ensemble cast. Like, it's not exactly like a Game of Thrones where suddenly, you know, this character and that character are in the same place and interacting. It's not that extreme, but there are still combinations that you just would not expect to to come up. And it's interesting to see those two characters playing off of each other, not just because they might be very different characters, but because you've probably already seen a little bit of both of them and gotten like a little little inkling of what they're about. <laughs> that I mean, that that's the best, right? Where you just yeah. see this one character in the background in a couple of scenes, and then later on, they have a big arc. Yeah. And you find out all about them. Like, we, like there are 20 people in class 1A. Mm-hmm. And there's also a class 1B. And there's also a support course. And there's also a general studies course. And we know characters from all of them, <laughs> but we haven't had all of the classes flashed out yet. Well, not not even counting all the like yeah. teachers and yeah. villains. Yeah. And... <laughs> That's just the students at UA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's an entire... Oh my god, is there a rivalry with other schools? Um, kind of. Other schools have not... Oh wait, yes there is. There are other schools as well. That's what I mean. They just keep they just keep adding. Um, yeah. Oh, the licensing exam. Yeah. Oh, mm. but one thing though about the ensemble cast and about how uh, BNHA handles it specifically, this came up in a, an article on Crunchyroll by perhaps the fourth Nick Nick Creamer. Um, and in this article, he his whole thesis whole point is to say that bnha is an anime that does filler episodes right and that is because of the ensemble cast you've got all these characters that you know you know a little bit about you know a little bit about uh uh uh, tui the frog girl and her quirk and all that stuff but then because anime don't always you know keep up with manga you know sometimes there's got to be a little bit of extra material that's anime only to pad things out a little bit and usually that's a a beach episode some kind of crazy zany wacky episode but instead with mha bnha rather you wind up with stuff like uh the internship episode which focuses heavily on sue when she's uh Mm -hmm. interning under like this this naval hero and there's this huge crisis event that happens and you get to see her deal with it. And it just develops the character even further. And, I mean, until I read that article, I had no idea that there were filler episodes in the anime because none of the episodes feel like episodes. <laughs> none of them are... Maybe maybe the one where they uh, move in, into dorms is kind of beachy, but like still... L- let, me, let me take over for you here. Sure. Because I got more things to say about that episode. Go for it. Um... So they they have, um, they've decided they've decided that they all move into dorms. So they're mm-hmm. all living together in one building, um, and they have what is called the King of Rooms contest. <laughs> this is in the manga. Okay, okay. This is not. This is not. I, I think it's a little bit expanded from the manga, but it's in the yeah. manga. Um, I'm I'm really sad that in the dub they didn't call it the King of Rooms contest. But <laughs> anyway. What it's, the whole episode is literally we just see every student's room. Yep. And then they all vote as, as to who has the best room. And it's one of the best episodes of the anime. <laughs> I just I just want to hang out with these characters. That's all I want to do. <laughs> they don't have to fight. It's fine. 
Well, apparently I can look forward to G cosplaying oh, as characters so that he can literally hang out with <laughs> other <laughs> MHA people. It, it is the only way. Not to mention, there are characters that I know are coming that haven't shown up yet that I'm excited about. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's so much like like discovery that happens in the show with new yeah. characters and new regions and new schools and new quirks that every time we're back to Deku and his being strong power, I'm like kind of bored with it. But um... well, it's interesting that you bring that up, too, because I think uh, who was was it? Ah, oh, crap. Not Jason other person in japan right now greg greg i think that's kind of what greg was mentioning with one piece mm-hmm. right like you know it's it's a big wide world and it's like what island are they going to go to what what's the quirk what's the yeah what's the quirk <laughs> about this island yeah what's the interesting unique thing who are we going to run into yeah. again like how are how are there things on past journeys going to come in to this particular circumstance and kind of in a similar vein, uh, one thing that I haven't experienced a lot of, because I've only seen the first season, but something that I I saw that you mentioned, Z, in the notes, is that not only... and Sorry. And something that you'd mentioned, G, just in terms of the quirks, all the characters are very different. And I don't just mean they all have different quirks, like I can do fire, or I can do ice, or I can do fire and ice. <laughs> like, we're, we're talking about characters that are different, like, yeah. shapes. Some of them are, like, tall and thin, or short and fat, or, like... Men, women, doesn't matter. Like, ugly, pretty, ev- like, everything. That's really reductive. But, like, you get a lot of different body shapes and different characters. And you don't see that a lot in other shows. I love that so much. Like, to- Tokiyami is a great example of that. His <laughs> his quirk is, is a dark shadow, which means he has sort of like a shadow that extends from himself that he has power over, but is its own it's, it's like sentience a creature as that, well. Yeah, that, like, lives sort of yeah. inside him kind of <laughs> he also has the head of a bird which has yeah. nothing to do with this quirk <laughs> i love that so much <laughs> and there and there are lots of examples of that mm-hmm. that people like so as it's gone so far there's been no sort of hint that we're necessarily going to explore why everybody got quirks like it just happened mm-hmm. and then 80% of the population has a quirk but um like I don't know if we're going to explore the roots of that, and maybe it'd be better if we don't. I I know that last episode I wanted to find out if there were people who were digging into that, and I have no doubt that those people exist. Mm-hmm. All I can say is that I could not find I, them. I did previously know of one person who was talking about, you know, are these quirks plausible, and you know how how do quirks work in general? Mm-hmm. And if you want to learn more about that, you can go to, I think it's Anime Project 101. Anime Science 101? Yeah. And if you want to learn more about that, you can go to AnimeScience101.com. I saw a really good panel where they were talking about quirks, and you can find out how old quirks are, unless they don't work purely by genetics. (laughs) And if you know things about genetics, you already know more than (laughs) me. And I also came across a different site. Uh, I think it's Get in the Robot. Mm -hmm. Sorry, it's not a site. It's a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that mostly just covers explainers, so it's, again, not specific to My Hero Academia. It's like, do you want to know about these quirks? And I'm like, kind of, but I just want somebody to be, hi, I'm the BNHA science guy or girl or person. <laughs> there's, There's been very few breadcrumbs, I think. I mean, 
I mean, you can you can analyze like how how the quirk works on a person on an individual basis, but like in terms of tracing it back to how it began or anything like that, there's been very few, if any, hints. Yeah. Nah, I mean, we don't even in X Men. I don't think they do anything. Not like really. That. It's just it's not uh, like ultimately, it's not that interesting if you know. Um, focus on characters is much better. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of fleshing out characters. Let's talk about one character in particular. Last week, my famous last words were very simply, does anyone like Mineta? And if so, why? Quick little bit of background. Mineta is the character in the anime who is drawn to be short and kind of drawn to be in the style that nobody else really seems to be drawn in. Um, He is... The pervy character in the anime. Uh, his power is... I don't even know what his power is called. Pop-off, I think? Sticky balls. Sticky Pop balls. balls. Pop-off, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it allows him to grow these grape... Well, grape. Purple balls from his head. He can then pull pop off and uh, stick to things. And then they themselves, the balls, are sticky. Ha-ha. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So... Answering my question, the very short answer, yes. There are people who have said with their keyboards, at least, I like Mineta. But, first off, big caveat, I did all of my research on this on Reddit, where, yes, there were some threads that were like, I like Mineta. And then the OP in their message was like, I like Mineta. I don't understand why nobody likes Mineta. Yes, I'm doing this for karma. So are they really Mineta fans? (laughs) Are they just trying to stir shit up to like get that karma, get the the whatever score on Reddit up? Who knows? I'm getting karma from me. (laughs) (laughs) But then there were also other threads, you know, worded with titles worded much more seriously, like... Does anyone actually like Mineta? Um, if you uh, if you sexualize the teenage characters in this show, you are as bad as Mineta, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, like, there are definitely some threads, even on Reddit, where the the question of liking Mineta is tackled seriously. And in those threads, there were definitely people who said, "Yeah, he's all right," or "Yeah, he's pretty good," or "Yeah, if you think about it." He's pretty smart without trying. He has a quirk that is actually kind of useful, especially in a uh, capture and constrain kind of hero capacity. Very good for locking people onto walls, I guess. And um, really, his only problem is that he has a bad personality. Okay. So, where it gets kind of extra complicated in some ways is that um, in these notes, I noticed that T points out that, you know, it's possible that Mineta is Horikoshi's mouthpiece in some ways. Mineta is kind of the the character uh, through which the creator Kohei Horikoshi maybe airs some thoughts of his. I don't know if that's necessarily related or maybe the reason why uh, this next fact is a fact. But apparently... Mineta is also Horikoshi's favorite character. 
And oh. that leads me to wonder a few things oh. after seeing after seeing Horikoshi in, a, in an <clears throat> interview and reading some of his responses in another one, much like um, uh, Yoko Taro of Nier and Drakengard fame, he tends to do his interviews with something covering his face. And <laughs> fans of BNHA, uh, either through other interviews or other means only open to fans, like deep, deep fans of the show, um, seem to be very convinced that he is a very self-conscious person, this Horikoshi. So, Mineta as a mouthpiece, Mineta as his favorite character, answering my famous last words directly, <laughs> Horikoshi seems to like Mineta. Um, but more than that, it kind of makes me wonder if if Mineta is kind of like how Horikoshi sees himself in some ways. I mean, I, I've, this is pure speculation, nothing to back, back it up, nothing really to build on from it. But just, you know, Mineta seems to be this pretty good all-rounder. He just has a, a very, very terrible personality. And maybe that's kind of how Horikoshi sees himself. <clears throat> really good guy, but, like, maybe... Well, uh, in terms of Mineta, like, I hope the character dies and is never mentioned again. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone. You're not alone with that. And Like, like, like maybe he's good at things. The The only... The only time he is focused on in the story ever is to be gross. The yeah. only time. Yes. And... That is his sole purpose. Interestingly, because that that is his sole purpose, really. At least to now. Who knows? Whatever. Uh, maybe, maybe Horikoshi has gone on record saying he knows how the series will end. Maybe uh, Deku lies crumpled on the ground and Mineta is there. Deku holds out a piece of his hair and says, take this and eat it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, what's interesting there is, are two things. First, I found out on TV tropes that there's this thing in fandom uh, basically called the Scrappy, referring to a character that does not have a fandom around them, but instead a hate them, much like Scrappy do from the Scooby-Doo TV series. Uh. And in that entry, you know, it runs down. This is a character everybody hates, but it also includes a little write-up on how sometimes the Scrappy can be redeemed in a story. So perhaps that's on the table for Mineta. But the other thing, specifically relating it to other anime, um, and this is something that a lot of people brought up, was comparing Mineta to other pervy characters in other anime, i.e. Master Roshi or Sanji from One Piece. And the rebuttal, anytime like a Mineta, a Mineta defender would bring that up, the rebuttal was often, sure, but Sanji and Master Roshi have other functions in the story. They do other stuff. Master, Master Roshi is a big old teacher for Goku. He was like the savior of the world many times before Goku... Uh, rose to power, so to speak. And Sanji is a good cook and I guess has some cool character moments or something. Not up on my one piece. I mean I mean the the like the thing with Mineta is is like you could argue that like his his um his grossness is like like impotent, like nothing ever comes of it. Yeah. No one ever thinks he's a good guy yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. That never happens. 
But at the same time, if he's just there to be gross, why be there? <laughs> I mean, speaking to that point directly, it seems... I mean, and this goes the same for Master Roshi and probably for Sanji, too. Anytime that they're gross, almost immediately they will get their comeuppance. Specifically with Mineta, um, when they're uh, in the, the training camp, the training summer camp, and, of course, Japanese summer camp, gotta have some baths, right? Some hot springs. Mm. But there's a, a big wall between the men's and the women's. So Mineta fury, furiously tries to climb up that wall, being super gross. Everybody, everybody, all the other guys in the class were like, don't do that. It's terrible. Trying to talk him down, but he is of a one-track mind. And nonetheless, he doesn't see anything. He doesn't succeed in his wild venture. Because uh, one of the other characters who sort of works at the hot spring or is attached to people working at the hot spring at the, the camp just knocks him off the wall and you see him fall kind of in slow motion all the way back. And it, it's gotta be like realistically, maybe a 10, 15 foot drop. That's some comeuppance. So it's, it seems like that's just a trope, like not just a trope, but that's a trope, a, com- a comedy trope in a lot of Japanese media. I mean, yeah. And like, Which, not to dwell on this too much longer. Yeah, yeah. But like, um, like it's good that he always gets comeuppance and never gets quote what he wants. That's good. But the ultimate comeuppance is he doesn't do that. Yeah. Or he's not on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it feels, it feels like like an anime relic we don't need anymore. You know. Yeah. Which is which is why it's so interesting to me that you know, Horikoshi considers him his favorite character and like maybe he's Koshi's mouthpiece it's like in golden boy he was the main character yeah. but that was like 20 years ago yeah well and i mean they're different yeah. they're completely different genres right like i think golden boy is is supposed to be kind of arrow mm-hmm. whereas uh bnha is in like shonen jump yeah it's like for middle school at middle junior high yeah I'm bad with time yeah. like that Junior high, high. I mean, there were, there were also some people who said that uh, Midnight, the the adult only R rated hero, Midnight, just as bad. That's Mineta. Mm, no, I don't. Agree. I don't. I don't agree with that. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I understand people are making that argument, but no, I disagree. Um, my last words were: Is this the new Dragon Ball Z, and is that okay? I mean. I mean, it is, but so was Naruto, was, so was One Piece, so was Bleach. Um, <laughs> like, it's it's the next one. I don't know if it was Fairy Tale. I don't know if Fairy Tale was ever, like, numero uno. No, I don't think it was. It I seems... feel like MHA's on, on the come up right now. You got powers. The timelines are a little abbreviated from the original DBZ anyway. But uh, it's like, I don't know, It's it, it, <laughs> it reflects an anime made now instead of 20 years ago as we were talking about. So that's good. But like people seem to have the same sort of enthusiasm about it that people do have for DBZ. Or there are a lot of younger people that like both at the same time now, because there's also Dragon Ball Super is also out and they didn't grow up with DBZ. It just is yeah. there. So yeah, I think, it, I think it's just, I think, I think that's fine. There's always going to be that shown in, but just hopefully they just get, you know, 
better and better and more reflective of the times. Yeah. I've got some final thoughts and I, I've taken a long time to think about them. Mm-hmm. Made out of sex. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I, I really enjoy the concept of My Hero Academia. When I saw that people really enjoyed it for the characters and the world, I'm like, that's great because those are parts that resonate with me and that means that the show is going to get more of that and less of hey Deku can now beat up this guy and next week he's going to beat up this guy and the, <laughs> the point that you mentioned that I'd completely forgotten about G was that Deku even as a main character even with a tragic case of protagonitis yep. is an introvert and that's dramatically more relatable than any other shonen hero that I'd, I've mm-hmm. seen I think I'll go back and watch some more of it. The challenge is, it's, I know it's a shonen show, and I know it'll never end. And I have to come to terms with that. Let me, I mean, what people say in interviews is what people say in interviews. Who knows the veracity of it. But, in one of the interviews that I read with Horikoshi from a, I want to say a recent San Diego Comic-Con, he was asked that question directly. Do you see this as another One Piece that's just going to go on and on and on? And Horikoshi's answer was basically, no, I don't have the stamina for that. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. And he apparently, yeah. he has an ending in mind, too. So. Well. Can I, can I have an end well, sooner than later? They, they're currently, they've currently been through one year of a three-year course. Man. Holy crap. So. Huh. There may be an end, but it's not, uh, <laughs> might not be one piece level, but it's, uh, you know, it's going to be a while. One more uh, stealth addition to my famous last words here. Along with the, 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 the scrappy redemption on that TV tropes page about the scrappy, there's another path for such characters to go down. And that is the path of the hate sink. And I kind of wonder if that's what's happening with Mineta in the fandom, regardless of what happens with him in the show. And maybe that's why it's it's got that popularity that it does. Anyway, just a thought. Final thoughts-wise, uh, I'm going to keep watching. It's a really fascinating show. And, I mean, I'm, I'm still on board with it for the same reason that I was on board with Fairy Tale for so long. It's got heart. And the stakes keep rising but unlike with fairy tale where they'd save the world for like the third time and i was like yeah okay you can save the world a fourth and fifth time too probably you're fine that's probably not going to happen for a while with mha honestly in the early episodes it seemed like um every now and then deku i guess from the future would break in with some narration saying like this is the story of how i became the greatest hero so maybe that's that's it. It's just going to go there. He's going to do something great like All Might did that one time, become a symbol of peace, and then that's the end. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, there's a slight How I Met Your Mother vibe where it starts yeah. with, this is the story of how I became the greatest hero <laughs> of all time. That yeah. I will add my own personal take on that. That doesn't mean that he is alive. Ooh. Yes. Oh man! So th- does that mean somebody has a quirk that uh, allows them to contact the dead? I mean, let's, let's, <laughs> let's just let's just take the narrative at its 
<laughs> on its face. Hey. But I'm just saying. <laughs> See, if 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 you want to take the NHA into the direction that 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 official artwork does, where they're like Dungeons and Dragons characters, I am also on board with that. Yeah, big big fan, big fan. There's there's yeah there's one of the one of the endings. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. one of the I think it's the season three. Yeah, the first season three ending sequence is that whole thing them as D&D characters. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And it's fantastic. And I think everybody wants that to be one of the movies. Uh, and that'd be fantastic. Anyway, I'm saying Deku could sacrifice himself. That's why he's cool. the greatest hero of all time. Because if he just becomes All Might 2, mm-hmm. that'd be really boring. But I love this show. It, it, it brings me so much joy at a time when I thought I was pretty much done with anime. <laughs> um... Man, um, I could claw into it too. We're both we're both big on it. Um, and to see what's going to happen uh, to our favorite characters going forward. I've I've never I've I can like sort of sustain this in like the pulses that that when the TV show comes out, I can watch an episode. When a new volume of the manga comes out, I can read that and I can just sort of sustain my fandom in it mm-hmm. as it goes along. But uh, I'm so thrilled after i watched the first season i was like i got in on on relatively the ground floor i'm not gonna have to go back and watch 10 seasons to catch up on this thing i'm i'm in it i'm in it to win it um and it's also like um like a like a time sunk or sunk cost (laughs) not that i dislike it but it's like i've invested so much time in it already it's like i gotta i gotta go straight through um and that's why, like, even the movie's fun. It's like it's not consequential in terms of plot, but it's like you get to hang out with the characters more and with better animation. Hmm. You get to see All Might's eyes. You get to see All Might's eyes. Yes, in the in the flashback when he's young and he goes to America, you can see his eyes. Yeah. And if you want to see our eyes, uh, you won't be able to do so on for, on previous episodes of Phanthropological. But if you want to hear those episodes, you can find them all at Phanthropological.com or on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, please do leave a rating and review for us. Maybe even subscribe. Get a brand new episode every Friday. Um, if you want to follow the podcast, you can follow us at Phanthropological on Facebook or at Phanthropologic on Twitter because Phanthropological is too long. Um, if you're interested in just like the, the general doings of, of these three Nicks, you can find us at the Nicks cast literally everywhere on the internet. Um, keep your ears peeled for a new episode of Who in Review over on that feed. As we uh, as we go through, um, start at the beginning of the new series with series one and review every series per episode. Um, hopefully, finishing by the time Doctor Who actually comes back. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, we have a message from our good friends, the Epic Film Guys. Justin, can you believe it's almost time? Time for what? The 2019 live stream for The Cure. This is our third year hosting this amazing event with every single cent going toward cancer research. The Cancer Research Institute funds research into immunotherapy to create a future immune to all forms of cancer. And this amazing nonprofit organization is rated over 92% by CharityNavigator.org and puts 88 cents of every dollar toward cancer research. Last year, thanks to an amazing team of collaborators, fans, supporters, and listeners, we raised over $5,000 in 30 hours on the air. And this year, with your help, 
we're going for our biggest goal yet. Tune in May 17th to the 19th on twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys for 40 hours of amazing content as we try to reach $7,500. For more information or to find out how you can become a part of the event, please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com. Together, we can make a difference. Really looking forward to the live stream for the cure. Yeah, it sounds great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got a got a show time for us. We'll be joining them at some point on the Friday. I it is a defined time. I've just forgotten what time it okay. is. It's in the calendar. Yeah, should be a good time. Yeah, man, looking forward to it. Yeah, and speaking of good times, next week's episode should be a good time because we are talking about a fandom. I mean, an older one than most of the ones that we've covered. We're going to be talking about fans. Of the X Files, and that means it's time for our famous last words. Famous last words about the X Files. I've got something that is delightfully vague, but I I think will be really interesting to do to dig into, and might even intersect with whatever we decide to research for the episode. I want to know what was the impact of the character Dana Scully, mm. uh, played by Gillian Anderson, on the show, because I know, mm. for example that I've read lots of heartfelt posts of people saying I got into STEM, which is uh, science, technology, engineering, and math as a result of characters like Dana Scully. And I also know that I've also seen posts about like, I didn't realize I was a lesbian until I saw Gillian Anderson play Dana wow. Scully. A lot of, lot of, re- so, a lot of inspiration for people is Dana Scully. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess nobody cares about Mulder. I'm okay with that. My question is, crazy. My question is does anybody I... care about Mulder? Um, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm going to get lost in a rabbit hole next week trying to learn more about the impact of that character. Okay. I've rephrased my question in a way that makes more sense. Is okay. X-Files about the characters or the concepts? I'm going to... I'm asking a, a throwaway question. <laughs> Who knows if it's going to happen right. or not? What I want to know is, after his appearance in uh, Twin Peaks, was anybody looking forward to seeing uh, uh, Fox Mulder, David Duchovny, David Duchovny. Uh, dress as a woman on, X-File, on the X-Files? Because Twin <laughs> Peaks looms so large in my mind, and X-Files... I know it's a thing. I know it was super popular. That's all I know about it. That's just what I got to work with. Something, Let's something, see. Twin Peaks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Famous last words out of the way. Mm-hmm. Only thing that remains to say is thank you very much for listening, everybody. Until next time, we'll see you next time. And you too can be a podcaster. Goodbye, everybody. Okay, I'm going to ask, knowing not that I knew the X-Files was the thing, it was on in the 90s after the Simpsons, <laughs> um, but not really knowing much about it, do fans want a reunion or a reboot? I I feel like, didn't they there was, just... There was a Netflix air? reboot. Um, oh, there's definitely a reboot, never mind. Recorded some controversy. Uh, <laughs> they want a re-reboot? Man, it's... <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> scratch yeah, that. Scratch that. <laughs> um, yeah, Kamel Nanjiani is on it. Yeah. Or was on yeah. it. Yeah. Because he had that X-Files podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The X-Files files. <laughs> the X-Files files. Yeah. Oh. All right. Come back to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, while you're trying to recover from your reboot, <laughs> reboot, I mean, I know there's a lot of that going on, mm. but uh, 